one of the things I've learned from the Chinese cultural side of things is a, a term called guanxi. And guanxi means relationship. The Chinese approach is guanxi is that、uh, you develop a relationship based on that relationship alone. You don't know whether you're going to basically do business with this person in a year, in two months, in ten years. But the most important thing is basically just be human, <laughs> develop that relationship. And if you have a trusting partnership and relationship, business will come. The workforce landscape is rapidly changing, and educators and their institutions need to keep up. Preparing students before they enter the workforce to make our communities and businesses stronger is at the core of getting an education. But we need to understand how to change and adjust so that we can begin to project where things are headed before we even get there. So, how do we begin to predict the future? Hi, I'm Salvatrice Kumo, Executive Director of Economic and Workforce Development at Pasadena City College, and host of this podcast. And I'm Christina Barsi, producer and co-host of this podcast. And we are starting the conversation about the future of work. We'll explore topics like how education can partner with industry, how to be more equitable, and how to attain one of our highest goals: more internships and PCC students in the workforce. We at Pasadena City College want to lead the charge in closing the gap between what our students are learning and what the demands of the workforce will be once they enter. This is a conversation that impacts all of us: you, the employers, the policymakers, the educational institutions, and the community as a whole. We believe change happens when we work together, and it all starts with having a conversation. I'm Christina Barsi, and I'm Salvatrice Kumo, and this is the future of work. Stephen Chung, president of the World Trade Center Los Angeles, talks about what it means to reimagine LA. Through policy to guide us to a better Los Angeles, the overall goal is to help the economy thrive and grow. And the reality is, Los Angeles is a gateway to forty percent of the goods that are imported into the United States, and California is the hub for much of the technology that is being developed. So, how can we lean into the exchange and the industry that we have here in order to imagine an even better future for the United States as we enter the new normal? It starts with our relationships with education and policy. Well, good morning out there. We are here with Stephen Chung, Executive Vice President of LAEDC and the President of the World Trade Center in Los Angeles. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. It's a sunny day, so can't complain. That's right.、Uh, well, let's get right into it, Stephen. Tell us about your role there at LAEDC and the work with the World Trade Center. Sure. So, I'm、uh, the executive vice president at the LA County Economic Development Corporation, which means I oversee、uh, a lot of the external programs from the organization, including workforce development, industry cluster development, as well as business assistance. Concurrently, I also work at the World Trade Center Los Angeles, and you can consider the WTCLA as the international trade arm of LAADC. And the the focus for the World Trade Center is really to help foreign companies locate in the Los Angeles region, and with the ultimate goal of creating good jobs for this economy. So you can see how the WTCLA wraps very nicely into the work that we're doing at the LAADC, combined together to really. Help、uh, our economy thrive and grow. That's so interesting. How did you find yourself in this field? Tell us about your journey and how you got here. 
Yeah, somewhat by accident, really. Um, <laughs> I actually started as a social worker. I started my career after graduating from UCLA, and I was working in a domestic violence shelter for women and children escaping domestic violence situations. And uh, working in the the field, I it was really a, a amazing experience. However, I knew early on that emotionally I wasn't strong enough to carry on in a direct service in, in the front line. So I transitioned into the legal field a little bit, working in the legal aid, and decided to go back to school to get my degree in social work. And uh, in that process, I fell in love with policy and understanding that you can affect thousands, if not millions of lives with one policy. And although I think direct services is very important, I think it's just as important on the macro level to, to uh, affect change on the macro level. And so I, after school, after grad school, I actually entered the city of Los Angeles working for the mayor of Los Angeles. And I was in the city for about eight years uh, serving two mayors. And in that time, I had about 11 different positions. <laughs> so when you're working for the city, sometimes they give you the opportunity to learn different things and step into different roles. And that's when I start getting into economic development and especially international trade. So after about eight, nine years of working for the city with the last three, four years really focusing on international trade, I transitioned into the World Trade Center Los Angeles and now into LADC. So it's not a, a direct career path. I've had many different experiences, but uh, all those experiences really contribute to my ability to, to address some of the issues that we're facing at LADC and WTCLA. And there's nothing wrong with not having a direct clear path to our current work. You know, workforce development is so fluid and there's many different channels, right? There's many different ways on how we can be a part of this ecosystem that impacts people's lives ultimately, uh, right? I agree completely on that. I think, uh, uh, when I was growing up, I think uh, I was very envious of people who had a, a path in mind that they wanted to get to a certain goal. I think as I was, as progressing my career, I realized that it's just as important to explore and have different options as well. And sometimes you have to do a bit of trial and error and find out what you don't want to do and basically start exploring other options as well. And at the end of the day, I think it's because of all those different experiences I've collected over the years that's really led me to this point where I can actually address many different issues. And our work at LADC and WTCLA, you can imagine, is, is very diverse in terms of the, the topic that we, we discuss. One day we can be talking about environmental sciences. Another day we can be talking about blood plasma. So having different types of background experiences really helped me to be able to, to do my work here. So I think from a workforce development perspective, it's the same thing. I think it's very important for uh, folks that are looking for their career paths to, to be open to various experiences. Well, we're fortunate to have you there at LADC, and we're, we're also, you know, as, as a community college and as part of this massive community college system for California, you know, we really value the partnership with LAEDC. We find it that LAEDC truly is a catalyst to our employer engagement. We know we're, we're doing many, we're doing many projects with LAEDC specifically around Center for Competitive Workforce, but, you know, LAEDC is our gateway to industry. And, and I, when I think about what a tremendous value and impact and just overall you know, wonderful partnership that we have had with LAEDC and talking about LADC being really the catalyst and the gateway to industry. There's also the thread along that same vein, you know, Los Angeles is considered a gateway to the world and LAEDC is in the middle in the, in, of that with the World Trade Center as well. Could you break that down for us in terms of 
what that exactly means. We hear it all the time, you know, LA is a gateway, LA is a gateway. What does that mean to you and how could we break it down for our listener? Yeah, I, I think Los Angeles traditionally has a really good reputation here, at least locally, that we're the gateway to the United States and to the world. And part of the reason is because over the last uh, really century, you've seen the growth of this entire region when it comes to diversity, uh, with a lot of different diasporas moving their, their population here, and we have a richness that a lot of other regions don't have. And because of that, we now have connectivity with populations around the world. And later on, then you can see the direct connection when it comes to trade, when it comes to business opportunities around the world. And so part of it has to do with the infrastructure that L.A. decided to invest in. And if you look at it, we have the number one and number two container ports in North America with the Port of Los Angeles and Port of Long Beach. Prior to the COVID-19 situation, the Port of Los Angeles and Port of Long Beach combined control about 43% of all ocean-going cargo coming into the United States. I'm going to say that again. One area controls over 40% of goods coming wow. by sea into the United States. That's so and crazy. It, it's a, we're, we're a behemoth. We, we dominate the trade and logistics sector for the United States. And this is not only for the, the local region, because the goods that come in from Asia and from around the world, once they arrive at the Port of Los Angeles, Port of Long Beach, only a portion of it, about maybe 40-50% of it, are consumed here locally. And the rest of them are actually distributed throughout the United States by rail or by truck. So you can imagine all those jobs are created by this entire network and how the rest of the United States are dependent on the trade and logistics sector that's created here right in Los Angeles. And to add to that, when people think of goods movement, they only think of ocean-going cargo, you know, those container ports coming by sea. But they sometimes forget that we have air cargo. There's over $100 billion worth of goods that come in and out of LAX every single year. And LAX is the world's fourth busiest airport with over 87.5 million passengers a year, connecting us with over, you know, 1,700 destinations on a weekly basis. So this is why people call us the gateway, because we are connected to the rest of the world. And you really don't have many regions around the world that have the same capacity and not only the capacity to connect with the rest of the world, but we also have the diversity and the population to to support that entire system. Would you say as well that they don't have the diversity, the infrastructure, as well as the technology? Would you say that we in L.A. have more access to technology in a way that that allows us to be that gateway to the world? And then we definitely do. But I, before we, I address that, I want to step back a little bit and also talk about the perception of Los Angeles. Here okay. um, in the local community, Angelinos uh, understand a lot of that. But we don't do a very good job in terms of telling that story because we take it for granted. But at the same time, we sometimes think of us uh, as kind of micro regions, right? I'm from San Gabriel Valley, or I'm from the Valley, I'm from the South Bay. But, you know, sometimes we don't advertise uh, to the rest of the world that we are L.A., no matter whether you're in Pasadena or in Santa Monica or in downtown Los Angeles. To the rest of the world, that's L.A. Even further, people don't know the difference between the various counties. So sometimes when I work with international partners, they're so excited to get to L.A. And they said, you know, Stephen, I've been waiting for this opportunity to come to L.A. for a long time because I want to go to Disneyland. And I have to break it to them that, that Disneyland is in Anaheim, Orange County, not in L.A. County or L.A. City. <laughs> but for them, it doesn't matter. And I think for us, we need to also 
convey that message that this greater Los Angeles region of Orange County, San Bernardino County, Riverside County, Ventura County, and of course, Los Angeles County combined together, there's about 18.7 million people living in this entire region. And combined together, our GDP was reaching a staggering $1.2, $1.3 trillion. So if this region were a country, we would be what, the 18th largest economy, the 15th largest economy in the world, just basically Amazing. depending on the year. So we're not just a small you know, town. We are a global uh, economy in, in, in ourselves. So with that said, we don't do a very good job advertising not only the, the regional aspect, but also what we have here. People around the world only really focus on, on our entertainment sector. We have a great entertainment sector, but they forget that, for example, we are really the center for technology development as well. The first uh, internet uh, message was sent at UCLA. And mm -hmm. since then, we've been growing in terms of advanced manufacturing, in terms of Snapchat, you know, in terms of SpaceX. All these types of technology are, are homegrown from this entire region, exported around the world. And yet, at the same time, we don't advertise that enough. So people sometimes miss the opportunity to invest here in L.A. and to focus on L.A. as the go-to location for technology and as the hub of tech for the center for the United States and around the world as well. And having along that same vein of interconnection with our global family, is there anything that you feel has really been crystallized or amplified given our current state? You know, we there's the, we're going to go back to normal eventually. There might be yes. a new normal, but we're going to go back to it, and we'll 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 see ourselves through this. But also during like some of these crises, really, what we end up seeing is, you know either gaps in our infrastructure, or we end up seeing more value into the work of our infrastructure. What has been really like crystallized or amplified for you during this unusual time? Yeah, I think, with, especially with international trade, the strength and the weaknesses were highlighted during this crisis. One is that as soon as the COVID-19 crisis hit, we realized very quickly when you disrupt the supply chain, how dependent we were and we are on international trade, from toilet paper to hand sanitizer to personal protective equipment, PPEs, we realized that a lot of our dependencies on manufacturing in China. We knew that, but the thing is, I think once we are lacking those supplies, then people's eyes became wide open at that point saying, oh no, we were maybe too dependent on manufacturing overseas. So that we might want to start considering in the future when we get back to, as you said, the new normal, we might want to bring a portion, if not all, the manufacturing back here. Obviously, there's going to be a price differential and calculation that needs to be involved. But I think a lot of companies, for a risk management perspective, they're thinking that at least a portion of the manufacturing will need to be local, which helps us because um, people also forget that Los Angeles is one of the top manufacturing centers in the United States with over 350,000 manufacturing jobs here locally. And as we're moving forward, combined with artificial intelligence, automation, and a, a number of different technological advances, I think there's going to be another boom when it comes to the industry sector development. So with this COVID-19 crisis, we won are able to see the weakness in terms of our dependency and putting all our eggs in one basket by depending on manufacturers overseas. At the same time, we also saw the opportunity for us to bring some of that back to the United States and especially in the Los Angeles region, 
even though it might be more expensive when it comes to labor costs. But when it comes to emergency situation, which unfortunately we're going to have to deal with in the future, I think as the world is getting more and more connected, we're going to see more and more of these potential pandemics and other global issues that's going to affect the supply chain. So we're from a risk mitigation standpoint, we're going to have to come up with new strategies. So. You know the good and bad are are becoming more and more clear, and I think、uh, we just have to learn from this experience and start changing. But the most important thing is that during this time, we really need to start thinking about recovery, and not only for us to get back to normal, but why don't we use this opportunity to reimagine what LA can be? We know we have a lot of strengths, and we know these weaknesses. So I think it's time for us to work in partnership with education institutions to make sure that our workforce is well prepared to align ourselves for the future workforce, and also work with our government agencies and elected officials to create the policies that can actually guide us to a better Los Angeles. I couldn't agree with you more. I really couldn't. We know that there's going to be emerging occupations. We're also going to see that there's going to be sectors that will be emerging out of this crisis as well.、Yeah. There's there's different impacts depending on the sector, but you know you hit it right on the head when you said you know there needs to be this interconnection between policy, industry, and academia,、mm-hmm. and we continue to work through that. And it's it's going to be it's going to be a long road for us. It takes time. But now more than ever, really kind of amplifies and really puts or or underscores your thought around, you know, this is how we're going to reimagine workforce development. This is how we're going to reimagine LA. This is how we're going to reimagine, you know, academia as a whole, as an institution, as a as an entity, as a higher ed entity. You know, we you, t- you spoke earlier about you know the manufacturing sector being impacted right around international trade. And thought about you know bringing that back here, right? Like bringing、mm-hmm. more of that manufacturing, more of that work back to the states. Do you feel that there might be other sectors that have traditionally you know relied heavily on international trade that they may not be outside of manufacturing? Is there any other industries that you could particularly think about? Yeah, I, I think there are many different sectors that are poised for for growth and potential, and. One of the the questions that you one of the questions you mentioned earlier was basically what the traction of Los Angeles, what the world sees Los Angeles as, and one of the reasons why we have so many investors and international businesses here in Los Angeles is because one of the major major factor and reason is because of our talent pool. They know that we have a great workforce, and they know they're easily. Educated through our really vast you know,、uh, education system here in Los Angeles, through the community college district, through our Cal State, through our UCs, through our private universities, combined together, the Los Angeles region we have over 115 higher education institutions, and this is creating、uh, a talent pool that's really unrivaled in, in in many places around the world, and you know. Regardless of the specific needs of the the companies, they can find the right employee. And going back to the diversity aspect, these international companies are also looking for employees that understand not only the business operation and the technical aspect, but also the cultural aspect. 
because you can imagine that they're going to depend on folks that can speak different languages, come from different backgrounds, with different cultural appreciations and understanding. So Los Angeles, again, having the ability to speak over 224 different languages, being、uh, the center for all these diasporas that are here. For example, we have the largest Korean population outside of Korea.、Uh, we're in fact the seventh largest Korean city in the world.、Uh, so you know, all these great assets is really helping us connect with other. Uh, international destinations that are bringing their their companies here, and so with that said, as we're moving forward, looking at that as a continual growth opportunity, we're able to bring back and attract these international operations to the Los Angeles region, and for them to start now thinking about investing into growing their operation based on this talent pool, the system that we have. But the industries that are going to be most important to us, for example, besides trade and logistics, I think you you mentioned it earlier, and this is the point to highlight is technology. I think right now we realize how important we've we've realized that before, but I think it's becoming more and more relevant、uh, in the in, in the future because all these new technologies will be developed to to connect us with the rest of the world. I think、uh, international flights, for example, will decrease for the, at least the next two years. So how people are going to get connected is going to be continuing through telecommunication. You've seen Zoom, you've seen Teams, you've seen all these different you know platform being utilized, and you're going to see more of those opportunities. And then you're going to start seeing that bleed into other sectors. So telemedicine, tele psychological evaluation, and different things. So it's tele everything. <laughs> it's going to be kind of the new wave. So with that said, we're going to need a new workforce that can actually create. The technology and maintain、uh, the technology that's going to be developed in order for us to to move forward. So, technology standpoint, international trade standpoint, and then also, I think we saw a huge need when it comes to medical, healthcare, and also biosciences.、Uh, there's going to be a, a hopefully a stronger investment into each region's own capability and resiliency. When it comes to creating vaccines, creating therapeutics, creating testing kits, so if it's also so reliant on inter- international partners that we don't get access here, and the states end up fighting with each other, fighting for these really valuable tools, I think in the future it behooves all of us to basically start investing heavily into the ability for us to manufacture here. So I think just a, a really quickly, these are the three sectors I think. We'll see tremendous growth from the healthcare perspective, medical perspective, from the technology perspective, and from the trade and、uh, perspective. Thank you. And just moments ago, you said something about international relationships couldn't be more impactful than they are now. And and yes, we've had them. And as we see these emerging sectors that you just mentioned, are there countries out there? You, know, you, you also said partnerships, right? You also said partnership、yes. with countries. That can help amplify these these growing sectors here in Los Angeles. Which countries do you think excite you the most about having having a partnership that would benefit us as a region? That's a hard question because、uh, there's so many countries that are doing great things. For me, however, I I do have to focus on not only what excites me, but what are the lowest hanging fruits, so that we can get to those opportunities as soon as possible. So, for example, you know, because of our geographic proximity to Asia, that's why we've been benefiting so much over the last, especially twenty years, as China、uh, continues to to grow with their not only their manufacturing capability but also their technological advancement. And just as an economy, they became the second largest economy in the world. 
And because of that, that's why Los Angeles has been well positioned to take advantage of a lot of the foreign direct investment that's been coming from China, helping us grow. Now, moving forward, I think you're going to see quite a bit of a setback when it comes to partnership with China based on just a number of uh, political and public sentiments, but also some of the restriction that's been happening around China due to the China trade war that our administration has entered in with China over the last two years. But moving forward, China will continue to be a global dominant force. So I think China continues to be a major potential partner for us uh, moving in the future. A lot of folks are now also looking at shifting their manufacturing to other locations instead of just China. So Vietnam, for example, has uh, emerged right before the COVID-19 crisis as a major location for us to consider doing additional partnership. And of course, ASEAN, the, the uh, Southeast Asian nations, are very important to us as well. Indonesia, for example, has a population of over 270 million people. Their GDP is growing very quickly. Their manufacturing capability and their tech ability is growing very quickly as well. So I think we're, our eyes were already shifting towards the Southeast Asian nations, including Singapore and Thailand and such. I want to highlight another group, which is uh, New Zealand and Australia. The two have always been longtime partners of ours, but over the years, we've seen, especially when it comes to technology, when it comes to sustainability, they've been doing a very good job, and we've learned quite a lot from them. And also, because of the entertainment sector that's been growing out of New Zealand and, and, and Australia, don't forget the Lord of the Rings series uh, are, are filmed in New Zealand. So that's right. That's right. <laughs> there's a lot of uh, cross-promotional aspect that we can do together, and a lot of technological development's been working very well. So that's becoming a huge area for us to focus as well. I, I will be remiss if I don't talk about Japan and Korea, longtime partners of ours, but uh, I think somewhat overshadowed by our partnership with China over the last decade. But Japan and Korea has always been on top of mind because of their technological advancement, especially with some of the uh, areas that we just talked about, whether it's healthcare, whether it's technology, they're really on top of the on top of their game. One other aspect that's been growing very quickly during the COVID-19 crisis is actually the gaming industry. <laughs> I think a lot of people are locked in their houses, so that's now right. they're turning into esports and gaming uh, quite a lot. So I think this industry is going to continue to grow. And uh, Korea, who's invested quite a lot into their infrastructure, having the one of the highest internet speed in the world, they're able to develop technology to really address and, and take advantage of that speed to create new video games and other kind of gaming options for us to partner with and learn from. So I speak a lot uh, about the Asia-Pacific region, but don't forget that um, when it comes to our European partners, a lot of folks think that they usually invest in the East Coast, when in fact... Uh, we have a lot of European partners that invest heavily into the Los Angeles region and California as well. The World Trade Center LA and LADC, we do an annual report on the foreign direct investments that's happening here in our region. And in just a few weeks, we'll be releasing a brand new report quantifying the number of foreign-owned establishments and their impact, not only to Southern California. This year, we partnered with the Governor's Office of Business Economic Development, GoBiz, to do the analysis for all of California. So you see that, for example, the United Kingdom, Germany, France are huge investors here in this region. So we definitely will continue to work very closely with them, especially with the technologies that they have developed as well. And lastly, and not to put, put them in, in any specific order, Canada and Mexico. The U.S.-Canada-Mexico agreement is moving forward, and with that, it's creating a new opportunity for, for that to 
really help facilitate trade between the three nations in, in North America. And I think those are the partners that we've been working with so closely for many years. I think there's uh, plenty of opportunities for us to explore additional partnership opportunities. And for our listener who is in the grind, doing the work, being of influence and of impact to our current state and positioning themselves for future growth, any piece of advice that you can give our listener as it relates to either their career, either their business involvement, their outlook, just in general, what would be one piece of advice that you can give our listener out there? So I think moving forward in the future, one of the most important aspects and one of the most important things we can learn from is really about developing strong ties and partnerships and relationship with not only our community, but with the rest of the world. Growing up as an Asian American, I grew up with this term, guanxi. It's really about relationship. And this term sometimes can be interpreted in, in different ways. In English, the translation sometimes can be translated as networking. And when you're thinking about networking, growing up as an American, I've learned to basically perfect my elevator pitch, my 11-second pitch to basically go directly into a room, go shake a person's hand and, and tell them what I want. And hopefully that match matches what they want as well. If so, great. And we could get to transaction. If not, then I move to the next person. But on the other hand, with the Chinese guanxi side, it's really about developing a relationship for the sake of relationship, not knowing whether you're going to get something at the end of the conversation. And that's okay, because it's just about developing that guanxi, that relationship in the long term. And hopefully in that long run, whether it's one year, five years, 10 years, you might be able to benefit and, and get a transaction out of it. But if not, it's also okay because that relationship is strong enough and important enough as in, in itself. So I think moving forward, what has helped me in my career, and, and I think hopefully the, for the listeners as well, and also for society as a whole, is that if we can go into the post-COVID world with that mentality of guanxi networking, relationship building, that transactions and, and getting to that point will be great, but that's not the only thing we should go for. That whether it's from a federal government level, from a subnational uh, level, or from just a human-to-human -human interaction level, we should really build that guanxi and that relationship for the sake of the relationship. And in the, the future, we will see that fruit and we will see that bear fruit and to be able to help us to get to a point where we can come to an agreement, come to resolution whenever there is an issue that comes up. We've seen that uh, happen over and over again when there's conflict. And if you have people who don't know each other, who don't trust each other, they sometimes immediately jump to the negative side of things. Whereas if you have a long-term relationship and partnership, there's that trust there, you can resolve a lot of these issues. So I, I hope that we can go to the future, enter the future, with a more guanxi building and relationship building approach to help the rest of the world cope with some of the major challenges that we're likely going to face in not not only the immediate future but in the in the long future as well. Thank you so much Stephen and in the spirit of guanxi I have to tell you this it, would, it wouldn't be right if we ended this episode without saying this that in the spirit of guanxi PCC is committed to continuing our partnership with LADC and we genuinely look forward to future collaborations on all things related workforce development. You truly can count on us to be partner at the table. Thank you so much for allowing time to speak with you and for our listener to kind of get an in-depth perspective on the work of LAEDC, the work of the World Trade Center, and most importantly, the work that you do influencing all of those pillars within LAEDC. So thank you so much for being with us today. 
No, thank you, Salvatrice. I think uh, from LAADC's perspective, we can't do it by ourselves. You know, as a nonprofit organization representing all of LA County, it's a big region to represent, and uh, we're in it together. So, without great partners like PCC and other partners as well, it's impossible for us to do our work alone. And I think the future of work, the future of economies, will really be shaped. In part by what happens directly on the ground here in Los Angeles, so these partnerships that we are creating between LADC and PCC really will become the backbone and will become the structure to really build the economy of the future. Absolutely, Countessen. Much gratitude, Stephen. Thanks again. Thank you so much, Tabatrice. Thank you for listening to the Future of Work podcast presented by Pasadena City College. If you'd like to get involved and have resources to share, or be a guest on the show. You can find a link to our webpage in the show notes. Also, don't forget to subscribe and tell us your thoughts about the show. You can look forward to new episodes weekly every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts.